NBA fans, and welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, presented to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? What up, Nick? Uh, nothing much, man. Just enjoying all the off-season speculation, man. It's It's been great. Uh, it's been, been fun shit to monitor. Um, and the sure. finals as well. They've been they've been pretty fun too. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of lot of storylines, injuries, very yeah, mm-hmm. tied. Um, going back to Gold State. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a mm-hmm. it's a good time to be an NBA fan. Uh, also joining us tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Just really excited to talk some basketball. Indeed, indeed, sir. Um, you know what? You're never allowed to give Joel shit for his intros anymore. I'm just just excited to talk some basketball. Like that's the most Joel fucking intro ever, bro. Like how are you gonna give Joel shit for his intros on any any pod when you come in like that? To be fair, there was a stretch where I think I saw Joel like every other day, and I think I just like became him, and and that's what this is. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, words. I guess like, what else is there to say? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's get into it. Um, so let's uh, let's kind of recap games one and two together. Uh, we haven't had a pod since uh, we we've had a chance to uh, see games one and two. Obviously, game one, uh, Pascal Siakam just fucking goes off, fourteen to seventeen from the field. Dude could not miss. He made like I think eleven straight shots at one point, um, and it was just red hot on fire, um, hitting those little floaters in the paint that were just like just dropping them right off the glass in the bucket. Uh, contested shots, it didn't matter. Like he just got hot and and just was dominating, and it was very very impressive. Um, definitely reminiscent of his game one against Philadelphia. Uh, you know, as far as just, just, you know, uh, catching fire. Uh, and so that was, that was super impressive. Um, Kawhi has been a little banged up. Uh, it's kind of been, I mean, you can kind of tell just by watching him play that he's not a hundred percent, um, but he's given it his all. Um, I think as far as in game one, um, you know, they were, they were throwing double and triple teams at him and he was just making the right plays. Um, very, uh, smart passes. Um, and they they moved the ball very well, uh, and and you know that you know ultimately resulted in them winning game one. Uh, and Gasol turned out for game one. Uh, he had twenty points um, on efficient shooting. Uh, so you know essentially, um, you know kind of what we talked about, Joel. Uh, you know when we broke down kind of our preview of this. You know what I was saying as far as if if the Raptors are going to win, they need two other dudes to step up you know, in a given game. Um, so check mark on that. Um, they need to play really good defense, check mark there. And, you know, they need to um, essentially, like, cross their fingers that KD's not playing. Uh, check mark there. So they were good. They, they, got, they got all of those three things. Uh, and um, they, they weren't quite as – they weren't as I would have hoped as my, like, side point that, um, you know, if you can if you can really force the issue on some of these bench guys and get the to get the other guys to ramp up their minutes. Um, but I do think that kind of came to fruition in game two because they were 
on trajectory to play more minutes than they had played in game one, the, the, their bigger players. And then it resulted, you know, I mean, we can't draw a direct correlation, but um, we did see two Warriors players get hurt in game two. Um, and, you know, I think it's it's at least safe to speculate that, you know, if you, if you play these guys more minutes than they're used to, um, there's a higher probability for injury. Um, so, so maybe – that was kind of lingering in the back of Kerr's head um, as far as, you know, how many minutes he wanted to um, delegate to each different players. Um, but in game two, Golden State was able to rally and to come back. They went on a huge fucking run at the beginning of the third quarter. Um, and just, like, yeah. it was it was the most, like, nonchalant run, too. Like, it was... It, it wasn't. It didn't have the feel of like a normal. At least in my opinion, it didn't have the feel of like a normal like Warriors run where like maybe it was because they were on the road, but it like it didn't have like that excitement or you know whatever. Low energy. Um, just yeah, <laughs> but like, but you know, I mean, they still did it nonetheless. I think they scored 18 uh-huh. points in a row. Um, mm-hmm. and dude, like it, it was just really impressive. It was also impressive that uh that. Toronto was able to stay in that game um, after they went on that run yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of mm-hmm. fight back and, and, you know, just keep, keep that game close. Um, ultimately clay goes down with about eight, a little over eight minutes left at that point. I think the Raptors were down by like four or five. I really thought like, all right, well, here's your time to shine Raptors. Like it's, it's pretty much you against Steph now. Um, and Iguodala decided to like hit three pointers again <laughs> down the stretch yeah, of that game. He's wide open. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he's been wide open and just been bricking those motherfuckers, airballing those motherfuckers. Um, and and Duke Quinn Cook hit like two huge fucking threes down the stretch of that game. Um, yeah, they yeah, just yeah. they got enough out of those those fish guys um, to kind of hold off the Raptors. Um, there's just some really clutch shots uh, from some of those guys. Uh, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention DeMarcus Cousins in game one was pretty laughably mm. bad. DeMarcus Cousins, like, okay, DeMarcus Cousins in game one, he, he was very ineffective defensively. I still, I still don't feel like his passing uh, got mentioned enough. He made, like, some really good fucking passes in game one in his very mm-hmm. limited minutes. Um, and we saw more of that in game two. We saw him kind of establish himself um, in the paint. Uh, in in, in uh, Or we saw, I'm sorry, uh, so, yeah, yeah, more of that in game two. We saw him establish himself in the paint uh, in game two. Um, and, and, and really just kind of be like, look, like, you know, Marcus Gasol is like, you know, this this good defender who's got a big body, but like, dude, I'm DeMarcus Cousins, dude. Like I could I could fucking knock this guy around. Like he's not this guy can't stop me. Like and it was it was pretty cool to watch. Like it was cool to see um the first two games basically um kind of come out to be the Pascal the Pascal Siakam game in game one and the DeMarcus mm-hmm. Cousins game in game two. Um, it's, it's cool to see these, uh, these guys get their time to shine. Um, but, uh, what's your big takeaway, Joel, from the first two games? Um, and, uh, you know, anything you want to add on things that like stood out to you within these games and, 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 you know, through, uh, you know, the, the flow of them or any sort of particular players that stood out to you? Well, 
nothing in particular. I think you you summarized it pretty well. Um, for me, it's very much like we talked about, like certain things needed to happen for the Raptors to, to keep the advantage they already have with KD out. And it all worked out just like that in the first game. And, and they pretty much had it in the second game until like the second half. And it was just the whole different – it looked like a whole different team in the second half. Like they disappeared. And they got bullied. Yeah. And DeMarcus Cousins came to play and played like – you know, weirdly enough, he just, like he just looked like his old self again. Uh, even defended well, <laughs> like and, yeah, uh, you know, he, had, he had a couple didn't... blocks. Like, yeah, he did. He defended pretty well for, especially you know when it, when it counted most towards the end there. And it was still a close game at the end of it. And like you know, uh, the thing you got to look at going into Game Three is like they're a hobbled Warriors team. No KD. Uh, we've got the quad for for. Um, uh, um, Thompson. Um, so you got to like look at that, and he's probably still going to play at the end of the day. But you never know because if he forces it, if he struggles, he it can get hurt again. So they got to be careful with that. Uh, right. Uh, Iggy was hurt. Like, I thought he was going to be out in game two. Floor. Yeah, that's another thing. So if he's out, uh, I mean, even if he's hurt, it might it might help Toronto because you know if he can't right. defend like he's used to defending, you know they're going to have an advantage. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then you have Iggy, who's been Obviously, really good for them, but he he was he's pretty much hurt too. Uh, and then you can't always trust Demarcus to stay healthy because he's just coming back from an injury himself. And then you got Looney who just got hurt. Like he's gone, he's gone for the rest of the playoffs. So they're hobbled. <laughs> they have technically Toronto yeah. has the advantage going into Game Three. So it's very much one of those things where if Toronto doesn't take advantage of the fact that the Warriors are injured uh, and half the half the, pretty much playing at like maybe like seventy five percent strength. Um, then you know then they, they don't deserve that. to win if they're not you know what I mean that's what I'm trying to say like they're not playing it they're yeah. not strong they, 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 they're gonna keep playing the way they've been playing but maybe a little worse if it you know if Toronto doesn't force their hand like so Toronto's done a great job defensively but sometimes they go into these like offensive like holes like they they did they figured right. out a way to shut down Pascal now will it continue I don't know possibly but Siakam was pretty much a no show in the second game offensively uh, and then yeah. You know, Kyle Lowry's Kyle Lowry, so you hope to have a good game with him offensively most games. And then you have Van Fleet had a pretty decent game last game. But it's just you need more from Marcus Saul and Serge Ibaka, in my opinion. Uh, and, you know, the bigs have to compete with their bigs, even though there's not that many fucking bigs on the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, but, like, they're they're utilizing them. Like, they're, they're playing they a lot. Like, like Draymond has not played a lot of minutes at center. Um, he didn't play any minutes at center in the first game because um, they're they're just so thin with their you know their mm-hmm. wing players. So it's like right. yeah, like we like playing Draymond at center, but if we don't have any wings to throw out there, like like yeah, yeah. it doesn't help us. You know, like or what are we going to play McKinney fucking thirty five minutes a game? Like that's <laughs> not ideal. That's not <laughs> um, smart. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, yeah, I mean it's it, it's gonna be a tricky puzzle for Kerr to figure out. Um, also, I want to I just want to give a quick shout out Draymond. Um, a lot of people, I, at least I won't say a lot, but I at least heard them mention this on the on like a couple broadcasts. Like, oh well, you know he had a triple double in in, in game one. He had ten, ten, and ten. Mm-hmm. 
That's the worst fucking triple double that you can have. Um, and uh, he did not play well. He was terrible defensively. That's he was played like shit in game one. Yeah. And and he even said, like, after game one, yeah, I played like shit. I need to play better. Um, and in game two, he did. He had a couple, like, really fucking great dimes to both um, Boogie and Bogut. And Bogut came out and gave him some fucking good minutes. Um, but, like, he, like he's – the turnovers still worry me a little bit. He gets it, – it's almost like he, he thinks he can fit the ball in to places where he can't. Um, or he he just always assumes that everyone's <laughs> looking to catch the pass. Uh, yeah. Oh, everyone's always assuming to catch the pass. And, like, you know, at times, like, you've got to know whether you guys, like, you know, uh, you know, aware that you're, you're passing him the ball. Um Part of that is on the person receiving the pass, but, like, part of that's on Draymond as well. Um, but he did. He played really great uh, in, in game two, um, and, and it's going to take another just, like, outstanding performance by him uh, in game three in order for them to get the win. Um, but, uh, Jawan, uh, what were your takeaways from game one and game two? Um Game one is kind of hard to focus on. Um, it was just really well-played game. Uh, by Toronto. Game two is where my focus is mainly. Um, mostly because I'm I'm kind of like, is Golden State uh, in game three with Curry, possibly Clay, but banged up, Iggy banged up, Draymond and DeMarcus Cousins. They win game three. I don't know what that says for Toronto going forward or the NBA. <laughs> the fact it that the Warriors they lose on the literally... Series. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, like the Warriors, literally on their worst day, are still better than you. Is like the most deflating thing ever. Um, but no, game two. I think what I pay attention to the most is Kawhi has to pace himself. I see a lot You're of cutting in and out, brother. Put, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Um, yeah. Kawhi has has a pacing issue. Um, he runs down the court, and then it's like sometimes I think he runs down, and then, like, he has no idea what he wants to do with it once he gets down there. It's like, all right, they're trapping yeah. me because it's, like, five on one. I Like, let me pass it, but, like, no one else is, is, is down there yet. Like, you have to pace yourself. But that's Toronto's biggest problem, and that's what I've been telling you guys. They don't have a point guard, like a, a, a general, someone that could bring the ball up, <laughs> slow the pace, and get everyone where they need to be. Um, and that's what's, what's hurting them, essentially. Well, I'll say this. It hurt them definitely um, in game two. You just need someone to control the pace. Um, and also, I think if you're Toronto, I'm really curious on why you don't kind of draw up your game plan um, to to kind of go through both Siakam and Kawhi Leonard. It seems like every play is like, we got to get it to Kawhi. Let's see if he can do anything. If he can't, he's going to kick it to me, and I guess I'll just shoot it. Like, no, like, you have a, a nice one-two punch. Um, and, sure, does that put a lot of pressure on Siakam? Yeah, but, I mean, it's the NBA Finals. Like, this is what you play basketball for. Um, because I, I can tell you this, Van Vliet, um, Gasol, Ibaka, if you're looking for any of those guys to consistently help you out, I don't know if, you, I don't know if, they're, if they can do it. Um, so Siakam and, and Van Vliet have been fucking stellar. I'm just gonna say that. No, he, he has been the most clutch player in the series thus far. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could, 
I'm trying to think of what as he far did as like, too. As far, wait, wait, wait. Let me, let me, let me preface he that with saying, second saying that, score. like, <laughs> yeah, and as far as, like, at, like outplaying his potential in both the first two games, because Siakam did it in game one, but then fell off in game two. Like, Van Vliet has been consistently fucking good in both of these first two games. Um, and, like, just, like, fucking guarding Curry and, you know, making clutch shots. Uh, like, he's, he's been consistently good. I will agree with you, Juwan, that I, I'm a little trepidatious as to whether you can rely on him, um, you know, uh, to, to play this way throughout the whole series. Um, like, that is fair. That is very, very more than fair. Um, but uh, but he has been really fucking good. Like, as of right now, like, um, you know, without a, a winner, you know, uh, dictating who gets finals MVP, like, I'm looking at Van Vliet, like, dude is shutting down Curry, uh, or, or at least, like, keeping him in check uh, and making big shots. I was and shut shit. Him like, down. This dude's got Andre Iguodala MVP written all over him right now. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah, I mean, unless Siakam can come out of, no, say out of nowhere, because he had a great game one. If Siakam can come out and, and state his dominance, he could take Andre season. Iguodala. From um from Kawhi Leonard, sure. but I will say I, sure. I I definitely do want them to kind of focus the offense more on Siakam. Like I don't care that he's young. I don't care that this is all new for him. None of that matters. This is literally what you play basketball for. The pressure should be on your best players. Sure. And unfortunately, I mean your three best players. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean he did. The thing is that he did, he did kind of get shut down. I mean Draymond shut him down. <laughs> That's what happened yeah, in the game. Yeah, in two. game two. Yeah. And like, and that's they, they that's just, the thing. Like, he didn't have the opportunity to score in game two like right. he did in game one because of the right. defense. Like, he, yeah. So like, I do kind of agree with you. Maybe uh, Nick Nurse needs to get a little more creative with switches and different right. things to put uh, yeah. Siakam in a in a position to be successful. Um, but like, I I don't necessarily. I wouldn't say you should, um, like. Like I, I think outside of Kawhi, it should be an all hands on deck situation, in my opinion. Like you go with who has the hot hands. Um, if it's Gasol, you mm-hmm. go with Gasol. If it's if it's Siakam, you go with him. If it's Van Vliet, you go with him. If Lowry, um, you know, miraculously has like a huge game, like he did uh, in the Milwaukee series, he had a couple of them. Um, you go mm-hmm. with him. Uh, you know, like I mean, I I think that is their recipe for success. I wouldn't put too much focus on any one of those players in particular. I get that Siakam is their second best player, um, but I don't think the margin is significant enough. Um, it's not like a LeBron and Kyrie situation. Mm-hmm. No, it's it, no, it's not. But you have to like. Here's the thing: if Iguodala, um, You're trailing you know, off again. Sorry. Um, if they ever do get Durant back, which we know it's not going to be for game three, but could be for game four, um, what's going to happen then is you're going to start – they're going to start being able to do things defensively that's really going to disrupt um, Kawhi. Because then you have Clay that can switch off to him, uh, Iguodala, or Durant. Um, and if you have that, they're going to make him very uncomfortable, and he's going to pass a lot, which means they need someone to step up and, and, you know, come up big for them. And that's why I'm saying right. if you can kind of find different ways to work Siakam in, into becoming that to where he's like your legit second option 
um, instead of you kind of just doing it by committee. Um, I think the Raptors have a way better chance, even if the Warriors get Durant back. Um, if Siakam can show up, I kind of feel like those two can kind of get everyone else going. But if you're literally just looking at Kawhi and you're like, lead us, Kawhi at some point who does play a little injured, like he does not look um, all the best a lot of times no. <laughs> when I see him. Um, so it's like at some point that's going to take its effect. And they don't have a committee like Golden State. So it's like if Kawhi goes down, knock on wood, um, you're screwed. Yeah, like, it's, not it's, top it's a wrap. <laughs> right. It's a yeah. wrap. So yeah, totally. if you can start to kind of work we're out just, guys we're just more like, comfortable. Siakam yeah, is their second best player. I only think about that. We're, we're comp- As I'm saying, their third option is way better than their second option. So it's like even hurt. So it's like. Toronto's doing what they can, but at the end of the day, they are outmatched when it comes to like star power, um, and that's why even right. that's why they have to take advantage of the fact that they're injured and they shouldn't be at full strength going into Game Three. Uh, you have a hurt Clay Thompson and a hurt Iguodala, no KD, uh, Seth. I mean Steph looking erratic at, at times, and, and Looney's out. So it's like they have to take advantage, and Toronto's somewhat healthy. The problem is this, will... is this is new to them. You know what I mean? I will say they they will find out that their biggest mistake was not winning game two because you have an advantage now. Uh, well, let me not say now, but you would have had an advantage to going up 3-0. Even if Clay can play, um, I saw him in shoot-arounds when they were showing it on the jump today. The guy doesn't look all that great. Um, like he was doing shootings, but like no running. He wasn't running at all. Um, so it's like if, I'm thinking if I'm Toronto, I'm attacking Clay every chance I get. Um, I'm telling Kawhi, back him down in the post, attack him, um, kind of work on him a bit. So to me, it's like you not being able to lock up that game too is really going to hurt you, especially, we all agree, if Durant can play from game four on. Uh, it's a wrap. Sure. But you lost your opportunity of possibly sealing a 3-0 um, uh, for this series. Yeah, but I mean, that's like I'm sorry to do this to you, Joan, but it's like it's like you're saying you you know where Toronto lost it, Joel? They they lost the game. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it sucks. Like, but I mean, we're we're beyond that now. Um, uh, you know, I, I I get where you're coming from, though, Joan. I mean, uh, it definitely hurts that they lost game two, uh, and it was definitely in a position where they could have won it. Um, but I don't even necessarily think that uh, KD coming back in Game Four means that um, means that the Warriors are locked to win the series. If KD is 100% healthy, it does. But we don't know right. if if he comes back, what like what he's going to be like. Um, so I still think that is that you know that ultimately is a big question. Um, and you know it, it hurts. They absolutely need to win Game Three. Um, and so let's let's move on and talk about that uh, a little bit. So game three tomorrow night, um, no KD, uh, Clay, um, you know, uh, questionable right now. Uh, obviously, no Looney. He's probably going to miss the rest of the series. Uh, oh and, yeah. You know, like like For like sure. Juan said, Iguodala is uh, it's still banged up. So like with all of these different injuries, um, who who are you taking for game two? Um, and 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 who do you think is you know, the the big standout. So, like I said, we had Siakam in game one. We had Boogie in game two. Um, who are you taking and who's 
standout uh, from Game Three. Damn it! For Game Three, ah, uh, shit. Standout Game Three, who I got? I got there in Gold State. Fuck, man. Uh, I'm saying if Toronto wants to live another day like, and feel comfortable about it, they need to take it. And I would say Sayakum comes back and makes has a good game. He figures it out. Because nice. uh, that's, to me, the, that is the only way <laughs> they're going to probably take that game, uh, if they're even somewhat healthy. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I need Golden State to win the series. Like, you know, Katie feels like he's not needed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it makes a difference. But you know, <laughs> I gotta take all of hey, You feel it does? <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, if you feel it does, then then by all means, root root for who you need to root for. Because um, I mean, I know who you're rooting for in the end, and I know it ain't Golden State. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, all right. Uh, so all right. So you, so you got Toronto and Siakam. Uh, Juwan, uh Who do you think wins Game Three, and and who do you think will be the standout? Really wanted uh, Golden State to lose this series, but um, for game three, I'm going uh, Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry will have a 35-10 and 10 performance. Uh, DeMarcus Cousins mm. will have a 25-10 and 10 performance. Uh, Draymond will have a, another triple-double. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and Clay is going to look very uncomfortable. He's going to play, but I don't see Clay having an explosive game. Curry will be the, the, um, the exploder coming out of this game. Um, and unfortunately, it's going to start to turn the tide to, to Golden State, I feel. Huh. Uh, I'm going to take oh. Toronto. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I'm going to say Lowry has, has a big game in game three. Um, he, he's had he's – like, <laughs> obviously, he's inconsistent. You can't rely on him to have um, multiple big games. But through each of these first three series that they've had, he's had a big game in each of those series. Um, And, you know, like, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, for him, one of the big games that he had against Philly resulted in a loss. Um, But, you know, nevertheless – or no, that was Milwaukee. The the big game he had against Milwaukee resulted in a loss, the the game one. Right, yeah. But nevertheless – <laughs> yeah, um, but I mean, I I think I think he's going to have at least one big game in the series because I think you can count on him for that. Like he will have a standout game, and he hasn't had it yet. Um, mm-hmm. And I, you know, I could see them just kind of like lulling themselves to sleep on Lowry, just basically being like, "Man, this Van Vliet guy, he's he's fucking killing us, man. We got to fucking defend Kawhi." Don't forget, like, Siakam went off for, like, 32 points in game one. We got to make sure we shut him down. And then I yep. feel like this has a Lowry, you know, game written all over it. And he comes out and he gets you, like, 22, 24 points, somewhere in that range on very efficient shooting. Um, you know, gets you, like, seven, eight assists, um, four or five boards, a couple steals, um, and, and just comes up really big in this game. Um, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I, I just have that feeling that this is going to be this is going to be a Kyle Lowry game. Um, and of course, like I, I still think like um, he's not going to like be the leading scorer on on that team. But we're just going to come away no. from it like like with his blueprint on it and being like, well, damn, dude, he he shot like you know fucking sixty. Five percent or seventy percent from the field, like he was just incredibly mm-hmm. efficient. Like just made made clutch shots, 
um, and, and just big shots. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's just kind of, I don't know, my inclination right here. Um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I definitely think Toronto will, will win this game. Um, if, if you know, with no KD, no Looney, um, I, I, I feel like, you know, the fact that they've seen what, what Cousins did in game two, Nick Nurse will make some, some adjustments. Um, and then, you know, they'll be able to kind of game plan for, for him in this game. Um, and, uh, and essentially game plan for less versatile, bigger, um, centers in general. Um, you know, since they don't have, um, you know, since they don't have Looney and they don't have the necessary depth to play Draymond for extended minutes at the five. Um, so they're going to be counting on Cousins and Bogut to come in and play big minutes, um, and that uh, that could be problematic for them um, if Nick Nurse, uh, you know, kind of game plans around that. Um, we we definitely saw his ability um, to game plan around that uh, when Embiid was sitting down, and you know, Philly was trying to throw in any rotation of centers and all of these, you know, big. Um, slow-footed centers that they had, um, you know, whether whether it be um, Boban uh, or Amir Johnson or Greg Monroe, like they tore all of them up. Um, so I, I don't know. I think I, I think there will be adjustments made. I don't even necessarily like. I'm gonna go out on somewhat of a limb here. I don't even necessarily think this game will be that close. Um, maybe the final wow. score will be. Uh, maybe the final score will be, but I, I think Toronto comes out and and like takes this one from the jump, uh, and you know we're just kind of sitting around waiting, like, all right, when's Golden State gonna make a run? And they just never do. Um, but uh, we'll see, we'll see how how it plays out. Uh, but I'm yeah, I'm pretty confident Toronto's gonna gonna uh, nab this one um, and, and take a two one lead. Um, and it's gonna be up to the Warriors to win Game Four and for KD to come back and. Um, you know, essentially uh, um, be the uh, the pendulum swing. Uh, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um, anything, uh, Juwan, you want to add before we move on to some off season talk? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, no, not really. I just you saying you don't think it's going to be a close game in the Oracle? That's why I, I picked Steph to go off. I think Steph's really going to go mm-hmm. off. But interesting, definitely interesting. Like I said, I wanted Toronto to win the series for Kawhi, but I don't know, man. You're putting a lot, a lot of pressure on them, man. But okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I get it. Um, but I, uh, you know, I mean, we'll see. Go ahead, Joel. Yeah. I mean, Toronto has looked bad at least in, at least once per per yeah, one game per series. You know, even against Orlando, they had a bad game. I was like, oh, that looked terrible. Um, so it's right. not like they they they, they don't show their weakness. <laughs> And they can rebound. We know they can rebound and have a good game next. So, I mean, you can never count them out, but it is the Golden State Warriors. And, ah, that third quarter. <laughs> so, they, they can go off yeah. and then change the whole the whole series. So, you never know. Very true. Very true. Very, very great third quarter team. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, we have, uh, you know, about 24 hours to wait. Uh, a little over 24 yeah, hours unfortunately. Uh, to wait and see. Uh, so, you know, it, it'll be fun. Um, all right, let's so let's move on to some off-season talk. Um, so it's been reported uh, that Kawhi Leonard may have purchased a house in Toronto per David Thorpe of True Hoops, 
some other people have, have kind of run with this um, and offered up some additional reporting, but I think he was the first person to report it. Um, and this comes just days after Thorpe uh, reported that he may return to the Raptors on a short-term deal. Um, all right. I, I think we can all agree that if he purchased a house, if he did indeed purchase a house in Toronto, he's staying. Am I wrong? Does anyone disagree with me on that? Yeah, a little bit. Do you? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Um, Please explain. Apparently, and again, this is far-fetched from my end, but buying real estate out there isn't a bad idea. I mean, maybe he likes it out there. Maybe it's somewhere he wouldn't mind being in the off-season. I mean, like a lot of these guys buy houses in L.A. That doesn't mean every 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 time someone does that free agency, they're going to L.A. Um, a lot of people just like to live. Yeah, in but come on, places, that's different. So. You know, that's different. Not really. I don't even have. I shouldn't even have to. No, come on, Joel. Not really. God damn I don't know. Joel, come on. You don't know if he likes Toronto. Back me up here. People buying places in L.A. is totally different than someone buying a house in Toronto. Yeah. Well, I guess I got to see how big this house is. And then I'll let you know if you're serious. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oh, come on, man. People buy, like, that's the thing. People buy houses, like, basketball players buy houses in L.A. all the fucking time. When's the last time you heard of a basketball player, uh, a famous basketball player yeah. buying a house in Toronto? Um, it's rare. Buy, oh, yeah. Hold on. Plays in Toronto, and, you know, it, it, like, come on, dude. But hold on, like Kyrie just bought a place out in I, I think they said Jersey, but he's talking about he'll go play yeah. for the Lakers. So I mean, like they people just buy houses the they like to live. Yeah, he is. Also, he's already made up his mind if that he, he wants goes, to play for the Nets. Or he probably Nets. has a place, in and LA. that's it. You never know. Right, but if yeah, he, he might already have a place in LA. But Jersey is also he, home to him. True. I'm just that's saying. True too. People do He's like to buy houses, maybe where they enjoy living. Like people buy multiple houses. I, I just wouldn't be shocked. Ain't nobody want to fucking live in Toronto if, if they ain't playing for a fucking team out there, man. Come on. Look, I'm not saying it's 100 percent that know. he's staying in Toronto yet. Even if he bought a house, I'm not 100 percent certain. I mean, I mean, I'm hoping, is, I'm hoping for Toronto that's the case. But um, if you listen we'll to see. his uncle, if you listen to his uncle at all. His uncle doesn't give you any feelings that he's 100% staying in Toronto. And buying a house just doesn't sway me thinking that that's 100%. His uncle keeps sounding like he's looking to try out the landscape uh, and, and see if he can maybe go uh, no to, to L.A. or New York or something. His uncle has said numerous times he would love to see Kawhi in New York. So, I mean, I'm just saying. My thing is like my thing is this: Why are you gonna buy a house in a place where you're not gonna live, where you went and played for one season and then left, and you what you're gonna go back and visit that place? Like you think you're gonna have like a great warm welcome? Like I mm-hmm. I doubt it. I, like that doesn't make it. That doesn't jive with me. That doesn't make sense. And we've seen it time and time again. You know, LeBron bought that big house in L.A. last year. And, you know, all of us were like, yeah, but, yeah, like, people yeah. buy houses in L.A. because they do. Um, and, like, you know, it doesn't really mean anything. And then next thing you know, of course, he's fucking L.A. Laker. Like, it, it it probably means more than we give it credit for is all I'm saying. And 
if he actually bought a house in Toronto, and again, this is just speculation at this point. There's been no confirmation that he actually bought a house there, um, but it's been reported by several outlets. Um, if he did actually buy a house there, I think that means that this whole like short-term deal thing is is a, pretty much a lock. How, like, how I don't short, know why you, I don't talking? know why you would I don't know why you wouldn't just wait and like until you signed a deal to buy a house if if you weren't like if you weren't gonna sign resign. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What either. were you saying, Joel? So I don't know either. I, I don't know. I, again, I don't want to say it's a hundred percent yet because I just don't. I don't trust it. And, yeah, it's weird. Um, I don't trust any of these motherfuckers by any way, by any means. <laughs> so these guys can change their minds tomorrow. Um, so I'll never say it's a hundred percent. So sign on the dotted line, you know. So yeah, yeah. Even with KB, like you know, him moving to New York. Never you know. You're like the opposite of Lakers. Never fans. know, Nick. All right, you never know. Don't get too excited. <laughs> I think yeah, Knicks fans. I don't know what's worse, Knicks fans or Lakers fans. Like probably Lakers fans. Lakers but like fans. Knicks the fans are like everything bad that can happen Absolutely. will happen. Murphy's Law people and like and Lakers fans are like yeah. all the fucking good shit that can happen. The best, the the one scenario that is the absolute best. That's what's gonna happen. Um, I guess <laughs> we we've had enough history in the past to like. It's better um, to be cautious than to be heartbroken. Sure. I'm just saying, if he actually, if he actually signed the dotted line on buying that house, Look it. then he's gonna fucking stay. Uh-huh. Like, he's I'm not gonna Toronto, buy a house and then leave I'm Toronto. Comfortable. If I'm a Toronto fan, I'm I'm more comfortable now than I was weeks ago. You know, against that Milwaukee Heat, they're in the finals now. Yes. They have a chance to take it. You know, right now they have the advantage. They could take right. this series by the horns. Well, and let me and you know, let me, but let me throw out this scenario yeah. too. Because I I think this is um this this I find this to be interesting. Um, if he signs, uh, so he he's an eight year veteran. If he signs mm-hmm. a two plus one, a three year deal with a player option on the third year, um, then mm-hmm. in two years he can sign for thirty five percent of the salary cap to a much higher contract value um, with whatever team he decides to sign with. Um, so you know by by Basically, taking a two-year deal um, with a you know the player option in case you get hurt and you don't feel like the market's great for you or whatever. Um, but in essence, taking a two-year deal um, and waiting till you mm-hmm. get that ten-year veteran um, uh, 35% max qualifier, um, you're going to mm-hmm. make more money over the five years uh, that that you you know you would have signed for a long-term deal or four years with a you know. A, um, a, a different team than the Raptors, um, so you're going to make more money that way. Um, the I've heard a lot of people bring up that the taxes are are crazy and and uh, not that much worse than um, than Los Angeles than California. Say. The California taxes, <laughs> like, California taxes bad. are pretty yeah. fucking high, bro. Like yeah. they're they're like. Trust me, like I I don't know the exact figures, um, but they're they're relatively close. Um, and then uh, the other thing here is, um, if you do that, if you so you, you sign a two year two plus one, where you can opt out in 2021. Now you're looking at a whole 
different option of free agent class that is also equally as amazing as this 2019 one. You're looking at Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're looking at Victor Oladipo. Um, oh, fuck, I had all of these guys like lined up in my brain a second ago. Bastard. Um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a shit ton of them in 2021. I can't, I can't think of all of them right this second. Uh, Bradley Beal. I can't think that far ahead. Um, <laughs> Bradley Beal is there. Uh, so like, there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of really good um, guys that are going to hit the free agent market then. Um, so that becomes a very fortuitous situation. So like, I honestly think of this as like, like, all right. So if everything's kind of lining up to me to, to angle that he'll sign a two plus one with Toronto, um, which gives them another year to roll it back, um, maybe try to make some trades on the margins. Um, it'll also give them uh, the ability to um, essentially go into 2021 with a max cap spot um, because Lowry will be coming off the books. Um, Gasol will be coming off the books. Abaka will be coming off the books. Now, Siakam will be up for his extension, but if they just wait and don't sign him to an extension early, his cap hold will be little to nothing. So they'll have max cap space uh, come 2021 um, and, and essentially be able to try to say, like, hey, Kawhi, we got Kawhi, we got Siakam. Um, like, let's get us another free agent in here. Let's go get us a Bradley Beal or something like that. Um, maybe a Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, that's that's very intriguing to me. Um, and, and it would, to me, it would behoove Kawhi to take that, mainly because of the, 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 the surplus of money that he will make by doing it. The fact that the Raptors have done right by him as far as um, load management and all of that. Um, and the fact that they obviously um, have a quote-unquote contender around him already um, and and have the necessary cap um, situation to um, capitalize on, uh, you know, future situations come two seasons from now. So, yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. I, if I was Kawhi, I would – at the very least, I would be leaning more towards that now that I've really, like, delved into it and thought about it um, than I would be the Clippers, um, despite the Clippers being, like, obviously, um, you know, uh, 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 you know that would be a very nice situation for him to find himself in. Um, I, at the very least right now, for me, it's a coin flip, whereas um, earlier it, it, it was not – um, and I, I don't know. I think, like I said, if he if he bought the house, that motherfucker's staying. He is signing a deal. Um, but we don't know that he bought the house. But anyway, um, any thoughts on that uh, before we move on, uh, Jawan? Um, I won't speak more on the house controversy. I think we've spoken enough on that. I will yeah, say the sure. one, the one thing that I can pull from um, uh, this this whole thing with Kawhi is. I think more players should think about uh, doing that, signing those short-term deals. Um, obviously, not if you're not a superstar. If you're a superstar, the idea of a short-term deal is perfect. I think LeBron's regretting not signing that short-term deal right now. 
Um, but I think a lot of teams would get behind it, um, and I think a lot of players would get behind it. The reason why I think teams would get behind it is, Nick, don't you think the, the Wizards would love to have had John Wall only for like a year or two rather than that huge uh, max deal yes. that they signed him for? Um, so I yeah, think right. it would be smarter that if you're a superstar because what's happening is you're signing these huge deals for money and you're sacrificing the idea of basketball. Um, but, like, a lot of these players talk out of both sides of their mouths. They want the team to spend the necessary money to make a, a, a winning championship uh, caliber team, but they don't realize they're taking up half the salary cap just with that one contract. Um, and then We're God losing you again, man. Team, oh, I'm sorry. And then, God forbid, you play on a team with, with another superstar, it eats up so much of the salary cap. So I think a lot of players should try that one- to two-year deal see what the team can do. If they can't really do anything, you can go somewhere else that's better equipped for you. You sign a long-term deal right. there. But I do think you should right. kind of, excuse me, um, test the waters first before you leap into a huge deal and now you're stuck there and you're miserable. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I 100% agree. Um, and like, honestly, if I was, if I like, let, let's, let's take Zion, for example. Um, and the way that the um, the way that they structure this um, you know arrangement with how what percentage you can make of the cap and all of that, um, like you're locked into like a four year deal when you come into the league um, as a, as a top as a, as a first round pick, um, and then I would I would want to sign the the four year deal with a player option. Um, a three plus one, because after that seventh year, you qualify for thirty percent of the salary cap. Then sign another four plus uh, a three plus one, uh, and then in your tenth year, you like I said, qualify for thirty five percent of the cap. Like that's what I don't know why more agents don't try to do that for their guys. Um, like if I was Carl Anthony Towns's agent. I would have totally been pushing like we are not signing a five year fucking deal. We will sign a three plus one um, max deal, uh, and you know if you don't like it, like fuck you. <laughs> like we're not signing anything else. So like if you don't like it, fucking trade us. Um, like that's way better for these players. They get more money out of it. Um, especially like just, just guys, like if you're injury prone, I get like, like you say, like you brought up John Wall, Juan, like if you're John Wall, yeah, sign that big fucking contract, like, especially like a super max. But, uh, but like, if you're like a rookie player going into your second deal, like sign a three plus one, like that is so much better for you as far as the flexibility. Um, and as far as, um, you know, your ability to make more money over, um, the period of the, the, the of your career um, than you know a five year deal which you're eligible for um, even though it's more money guaranteed obviously um, I would just I would be way more in favor of that um, and it, and you know and here's the thing even if like let's say you have a career ending injury and, and you're just done like if you if you sign a three plus one like dude you're still gonna you're still gonna be a fucking hundred like you're still gonna make over a hundred million dollars uh for for playing basketball for like six or seven seasons, so like not the end of the world um I'd be looking more at the long term benefit of of um 
having having the structure where I have more flexibility. Um, but uh, Joel, anything you want to add before we move on, man? Not really. I think uh, Kawhi's chances of staying in Toronto are higher now than they've ever been. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to LA at all. Uh, but I also not 100% committed to him staying in Toronto. So uh, I do think the chances of him staying are much higher now. But I, I still, I, I'm still going to be pessimistic about it until it actually happens. But you know, it is quiet. And so I, I just want to keep it. Uh, I do think they're higher now. I think Toronto, it's, the best case scenario has pretty much played out. The only thing better would be the right. championship. I mean, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what's funny? Like, I don't know if the best case scenario would be to win the championship for them to keep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, right, like right. what if they like lose in Game Seven, like a heartbreaker? Like, and he's like, right, I right. got unfinished business. Like your your whole KD theory. Um, so mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I mean, again, I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. I'm just saying if he actually did buy a house there, um, I'm like. At that point, I would say I'm as close to 100% that you can be. Um, like I, I, I just I, I just don't see why you would buy a house in Toronto if you weren't planning on resigning. Like it, I, that that would not make any sense to me. But um, but yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um, obviously, this is still um, just rumored. We don't we don't have any sort of confirmation yet that he actually um, bought a. Whole um, but uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see, and uh, it'll, it'll certainly be a, a fun thing to follow this off season. Um, and you know, it, it's, I think it'll be particularly funny because like the quietest guy in the league is going to have so much rabble going on around him uh, and for him um, mm-hmm. that uh, it, it, it's 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 palpable irony, if you will. Um, but uh, but anyway. Let's uh, let's move on. We got to talk about another guy who is definitely on the move, um, or at least uh, you know. Again, I'm as close to 100% without being 100% as you can be to saying he's definitely on the move. Um, the New Orleans Pelicans are finally uh, negotiating trade discussions for Anthony Davis. Per Shams, uh, 80s camp listed four teams with which he would sign an extension. Those being the Knicks. Lakers, Bucks, and Clippers. Um, let, 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 let's just, um, for the for the sake of like posterity, let's just rule the Bucks out. <laughs> like the Bucks don't have the assets to trade for mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. Um, like it, they just don't. <laughs> like we don't have to go in, into it any deeper. Anybody who knows basketball at all knows they don't have the assets. Um, so we can rule them out. Um, I feel like that was a team just thrown in there to have like a good team and a not so good market that he knew he couldn't be traded to type of situation. Honestly, um, he wants to go to either the Knicks, the Lakers or the Clippers. Um, that's yeah. He wants a big market. Um, what do you take away from this? Um, Joel? I mean, I feel like we all knew this was coming, um, yeah. but there were some, some, um, Small optimism when the Pelicans won the lottery that, uh, you know, on behalf of some, um, that they would, mm-hmm. you know, try to keep Anthony Davis and, and make things work with, uh, of course, him and, and, and Zion and Holiday. Um, but, you know, this kind of seems to be the nail in the coffin on that. Um, what, what do you take from uh, the teams that he's listed? And, like, if you're, if you're trying to look at this objectively, 
who do you think is like the front runner to land him? So front runner is a tough question, Nick. Here's the thing: we kind of saw this coming, like you just mentioned. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I I want to say New York has the the best chance. To me, they have some of the better assets available uh, with the number three pick and their young assets yep. and whatever the fuck else they want. Uh, Lakers would probably come in second in terms of assets. Some of the Clippers have good assets too, I guess technically. Um, yeah, Shea is Shea and Shamit. Like those, those are good. Sure, sure, good guys, good young guys. Uh, long athletic. <laughs> sure, hey man, good guys. Shea yeah. is way better than anybody you got on your current roster. I'm just saying. sure. You 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 keep saying that. Um, I'm just saying. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I I just. I'll say this: it, it, it can go either way. Anyway, um, a, a lot of it depends on you know what free agents end up signing with all three of them. Because right now, LA, I right. don't see them sending anybody to the Lakers because <laughs> I just they're not going to probably make a deal with the Lakers. So Robbie's going to come down to the Clippers and the Knicks, and the Clippers and the Knicks will be both busy trying to sign their big free agent, which uh, for the Clippers is Kawhi, and for the Knicks is KD. Um, the Clippers have more baggage in terms of contract, bigger contracts than the Knicks do. Knicks have more free room. Um, it's just a matter of what what um, Griffin wants in terms of assets, like which assets he wants better. Right? Does he want to pay? Does he want to promise the idea to New Orleans? Like, hey, look, now we have Zion, and we can bring his running buddy and Duke uh, R.J. Barrett. They, they they can make that happen. Or does does he want right. um, the young the young assets from the Clippers and Whoever the fuck they end up throwing in that trade, because it would have to be a bigger contract. Um, well, and, uh, and keep in mind, uh, they got the they got the 2021 Miami Heat pick unprotected uh, in that Tobias trade. They got the 2020 Philadelphia uh, lottery protected pick in that trade as well. Um, so th- those are just like additional assets that they have. That like yeah, I would right. say those are equally as good as um, the uh, Knicks. Uh, two Dallas, Dallas picks, picks that they have, like those, right. those are on par with each other, if you will. So it, it basically would come down to, in my opinion, do you prefer Shamit and um, uh, and Shea, uh, or mm-hmm. do you prefer the number three pick, um, and then whoever the fuck else you want on the Knicks roster? And I would lean towards the Knicks. Like I just, like I love Shea Gilgis Alexander. I think he is going to be a fucking badass point guard. Um, he's six foot six, defensive versatility. He shot well from three this year. Um, he was the starting point guard on a playoff team in his rookie season. Um, mm-hmm. Got a lot of fucking potential. Um, but like, dude, like, I, I don't know if I would value that over the like even even seeing it and knowing its value. Would you value that over the number three pick where you could take any one of R.J. Barrett, Jarrett Culver, um, anybody that you think would be like a perfect fit with Zion? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I, it, it just – And whoever you know, else. It, it, <laughs> and whoever else. Like, and yeah, – yeah, like I said, like the, the future draft picks are, are, like I said, about on par with one another. Um, I, might, I might lean a little more – towards the Knicks just because, you know, that that uh unprotected pick from Dallas, 
um, with with you know Kristaps coming back from an ACL tear, and uh, obviously Luca's fucking amazing, um, but mm-hmm. but Luca's um, at least in his first season seemed to be more amazing for himself than for his team. Um, so like. You know, how does that translate? Are they able to do things in free agency? Like, with the Heat, you know, like, that team is going to always try to compete. Um, and so, you know, I, I don't know. I might just lean a little more towards the Knicks, um, you know, um, non-team uh, picks uh, than than uh, the Clippers. Um but you know, yeah, like I said, like it, 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 it's it's a coin flip, uh, in my opinion. Um, I, I personally think the Lakers have the best offer to give, because um, if you, I mean, if you can get Lonzo, um, Ingram, uh, Kuzma, the number four pick, um, Josh Hart, like if you can get that whole haul, like that's better than any other team can can actually give you. But I. I agree with you. I just I don't think they want to send him to the Lakers. I just think like I mean we kind of saw it last year with the Spurs and like there's some varying reports on what the Lakers offered and you know uh, everything else. But we definitely heard a resounding like the Spurs don't want to send him to the Lakers. Like they did not want to do that. Um, and. So, yeah, I mean, I think especially given everything that happened, I think the over my dead body comment that has kind of gotten buried at this point, um, you know, I, I I think that that probably was actually said. And they were like, whoa, no, 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 we didn't say that. We're, we'll, we'll talk to the Lakers because they want to drive up everybody else's offer. Um, but I think when push comes to shove, like if they have to take a slightly less deal from say the Knicks or the Clippers, like I think they'll probably fucking do it, honestly. <clears throat> I, it, you know, it's funny, Nick. <laughs> I, I'm listening to to both of you, and oh, excuse me. I, I'm thinking like, if I'm not thinking as a Knicks fan, I'm like, if I'm the Pelicans, and I truly, truly, truly don't want to do any business with the Lakers. I'm like, yeah, that Knicks, uh, that Knicks third overall pick is great. We could team Zion up with an ex-teammate, keep him happy, keep him wanting to stay here long term, even after his rookie deal is up. Um, and then I'm like, how much fun would it be to really fuck over the Lakers by making them have to look over across? Well, not not even look over. They play in the same arena. <laughs> At least for another season or two. In in the Clippers jersey, like especially if if um Kawhi Leonard goes there, and if you're LeBron, you're looking over and you're like, damn, they got Kawhi and AD. Like really, like like, this this sucks. I signed for the wrong LA team. So to me, if I'm (laughs) the Pelicans and I'm really looking to give the Lakers a huge middle finger, um, I'm a hundred percent sending him to the Clippers. Uh, but I will say, players at some point have to start realizing this, and it's more so the the um, uh, what do you call them the uh, the agent than it is the player. Stop telling teams where you want to go, because what's going to happen is they're going to like teams aren't stupid. Like you don't often get a Cavaliers to Boston Celtics kind of trade, 
um, or, you know, or, or Brooklyn getting Garnett and Pierce. And it's like, why would you do that? Um, you don't often get that. So to me, it's like, why are you guys keep saying this knowing that the team is, is going to say, because if I'm the Spurs, I'm like, you're forcing your way out of here. And you think I'm going to send you where you want to go? No, like I'm offended that you want to leave. So it's like, stop telling them where you want to go. Or if you do want to keep telling them, say ridiculous places, like you said, Nick, uh, with AD um, putting the Bucks on there. Like, how the hell is the Bucks going to get AD? Like, what, what are they going to drink? No like, chance. What are they going to give them? So to me, it's like, say all the. the nah, see, what would be, what would be the, the, the tip top of irony is if they were like, all right, yeah, we'll, we'll send you AD for Giannis. <laughs> Of course, the Bucks are taking it down, but right. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. But like seriously, if I was David Griffin and the Bucks, like in the like you know fucking John Horst read that report and called me up, that is exactly what I would say to him. It's like, yeah, we'll trade him too for Giannis. <laughs> like, yeah, unless you're giving us Giannis, you can hang up right now and don't call me back, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> Because the first thing I immediately started thinking was, like, when you guys were talking, was just like, Knicks makes the most sense, I, I, I assume, from the standpoint of just all all, all around, um, especially if they throw in Mitchell Robinson and, and guys like that, and you can get yeah. um, that third pick. Um, it just makes the most sense. But, I mean, come on now. The NBA recently has been very petty. If I'm, if I'm feeding into that petty that you guys know I love to do, I'm sending him to the Clippers, and I'm hoping that he signs long-term. Um, so not only do the <laughs> Lakers not get him, but AD is now shining in their stadium. Like, that'd be a dream come true if I'm Pelicans. Um, so that's what I'm looking for the most. Um, but I will say the biggest thing to pay attention to is how deep of a relationship did LeBron and um, who's the guy that's now the uh, – um, who replaced what's Rich his name Ball? over there with the Pelicans? No, the uh, the guy that um, – Oh, David uh, Griffin? David Griffin. It will let us know how deep that relationship is because if Griffin does actually do business with the Lakers, we know why. And we know it wasn't necessarily because they had really good pieces. It was more so to give his buddy they a little tap on the back. I, I doubt it. I don't buy into that. I mean, if they, if they make a trade with the Lakers, like, it will be because they have the absolute best package because – I mean, Gail Benson still has the the veto like power, um, and I like again, like I said, I do think the Lakers can put together the best package. Um, like honestly, right now, like probably I would even give them the edge over the Celtics, who are just like out of it now because like Kyrie's not resigning. Um, but like, I you know I I think about it and I'm like. Man, like if you like again, if you get all those young guys plus the number four pick, you I mean you take like let's say you get Jarrett Culver with that, and you got like Lonzo, fucking Culver, fucking Ingram, and you know Kuzma and Zion. Like God, that would be such a fun young team. Like that'd be a shit ton of like great young players all cobbled together, and you just kind of work them in and see who works out and, you know, who doesn't. Um, but, uh, but again, like it, it, it it's all going to go back to like, what do, 
do they really want to deal with the Lakers? Because if, if they're okay with dealing with the Lakers, then I think he gets traded to the Lakers. I'm just not convinced that that's the case. I think if the Knicks offer them a good enough package, especially like Joel said, if the Knicks sign Kevin Durant and then um, don't get that second star, um, like say they don't, they don't get Kyrie, they don't get Kimba, um, right. You know they, they they just don't get anybody else. Like at that point, the Knicks still have like this abundance of cap space. So it's not even at that point they don't even have to match salaries. They can just be like, all right, well, who do you like? Okay, you don't like Dennis Smith Jr. Fine, you don't have to take him. You uh, oh oh okay, so you like Mitchell Robinson? Cool, he's in the deal. Um, obviously the number three pick is in the deal. Those two future Dallas picks are in the deal. Oh, you want a pick from us? Okay, we'll give you a future pick from us. Um, oh, you like Kevin Knox? Like, we'll throw him in the deal. Um, you know, so, like, you don't have to worry about matching salaries at that point because you have so much salary space to, like, take him in. Um, so, like, I think that is that, that could be, like, a factor that um, is maybe a little overlooked. Um, now, the Lakers obviously have that flexibility, too, Um uh, because I mean they have they have the the um, you know that 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 cap space, but if they go out and sign you know a max guy, then then all of a sudden they don't. Um, granted, I think as far as all of the Lakers young assets, like I I I like all of them. Um, there's not one of them that I don't like. There's a few on the Knicks that I'm a, a little more iffy about. Um, obviously, as you guys know, particularly Kevin Knox. Um, but, uh, I just, I mean, he's so inefficient, Hater. but like, hundred percent inefficient, man. He's just, he's just inefficient. Um, but, Hater. uh, but nonetheless, uh, maybe they do like him. Um, and, and, you know, if you can, if you can put a package together to like cut down on your salary, um, as well as getting like young players and a lot of future assets, um, like shit, why not? Like, why not do that? Um, so yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it it'll be a it'll be a shit ton of fun. All right, uh, Joel, just real quick, you want to add anything to this before we move on, man? No, that's it. I mean, not really much else for me to add. It look, the eighties leaving. Like we knew that was happening. It's gonna happen. It's yeah. a matter of when, where, and. God willing, it's to the right place. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know I've said it for a while. I so hope for KD and AD on the Knicks. It'd be fucking great. I would love that even more than fucking, like, Kyrie or Kimba or anything. Like, just give me – I don't even care about anybody else. Like, fucking Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis on the yeah. Knicks. That'd I'll be a it. fucking match made in heaven. Dude, it'd be fucking great. Like that would be, and it's like, sure. and then it's just like, let's get some players on the margins to like compliment these guys, um, you know. And yep. you, know, you would presumably have the cap space to do so. So, um, yep. But uh, but yeah, uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how it works out. Um, For so, sure. Uh, I, I, another big Nick story um, that was reported uh, earlier this week. Um, the Knicks are. Apparently, exploring options of trading back from number three to get a player or players who would pair better with a potential high-volume all-star free agent. <laughs> um, I wonder who that could be. Um, mm. And possibly additional assets. 
uh, per Jonathan uh, Gavoni and Mike Schmitz of ESPN, formerly of Draft Express. Um, this is really interesting. Obviously, the Hawks kind of got roped into this story um, mm-hmm. because there was like like this little this little add on at the end of it that like you know that you know the Knicks are you know considering uh, trading uh, number three for eight and ten. Um, and like, I, uh, it's funny because like, uh, every story that's like mentioned, like that includes the Hawks comes from another team, another, a source from like another team. We got roped into a big Blake Griffin fucking thing this like couple days ago too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, essentially just what this says to me, um, not speaking on, you know, obviously the the whole three for eight and ten thing was a was a uh, um, a stepping stone from this like original report. I think that was more of like a like an add in, if you will. Like, uh, yeah, the Knicks would consider doing it. There's they, they haven't contacted the Hawks about it. The Hawks did not reach out to them about it. There's, there's not much legs to that story. But what this does say to me is that the Knicks are being proactive in exploring all of their options. And I think that's a very fucking positive thing. Um, how many times in the past have the Knicks been like, nope, we're going with this. Like, this is this, this is the plan. Um, and, like, you're like, wait, did they, but, like, come on, like, what? There's, there's, like, five, six, seven other things that you could be looking at right now. I think it's a very optimistic. Like, if, I don't know how y'all feel about it, but if I'm a Knicks fan, like, the fact that they are um, – Again, exploring options, which is like a, a very vague term, but exploring options of trading back from number three to get players that would maybe um, more complement uh, like a Kevin Durant-centric offense, um, that's, that's a very optimistic sign for me, uh, A, in the fact that they're still like super confident that they're going to get Kevin Durant, but also that um, – that they are uh, looking at essentially every opportunity that they could possibly fathom that is going to come across their table. Um, something that, like I said, the Knicks haven't necessarily done in the past, and I, that would make me feel really good as a Knicks fan to hear this report. Um, like, while it kind of sounds like, oh well, shit! Like if we trade three for eight and ten. Then we're probably, you know, that that takes us out of the Anthony Davis sweepstakes. Yeah, but like, um, like or or just trading the third overall pick down for whatever package you get. That's true. It, while that may be true, like if that package is good enough to where you're like, well, shit, if we can get that and pair that with Kevin Durant along with having another max slot to go chase somebody else or to, to fill out the lineup with some other good role players or whatever the case may be, um, that like that may be better than packaging everything for Anthony Davis, um, especially when you have a player of Kevin Durant's caliber. So I don't know. I, I read this story and was just like, good for the Knicks. Like good for them for fucking looking at all of their various different possibilities and what they can do with this number three overall pick because honestly, like they 
are not looking at this number three overall pick like, yeah, we're going to be building around this person. Um, and, you know, with R.J. Barrett being so highly touted, um, I'm sure there will be a team that puts together a good offer to move up to get him um, that, that, you know, could be intriguing to the Knicks. And if they think that that offer is better than the odds that they may or may not have for landing Anthony Davis with the number three pick, then, you know, maybe you just run with it. And maybe you're just like, well, you know, like we, we can pair up these various dudes with Kevin Durant and, you know, put together a contender. And we feel comfortable that we can put together a contender with this trade package. Like, yeah, fucking explore it. Look at all your options. And, you know, if, if those options come back and they're, they don't meet those standards, fine. Then fucking just take R.J. Barrett and figure it out later. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I I came away from this with a very optimistic sense as it pertains to uh, your Knicks, Joel and Jawan. Uh, Joel, what did you think when you uh, heard this report? I looked at it as what it is. It's uh, they're doing their due diligence. They're talking and looking at different scenarios and. You know, at the end of the day, they'll make the best decision for the team. And uh, all indications to me is that they're just listening to different offers and what people were doing and people were saying. And uh, as, as what I can tell, they plan on keeping it for now, at least until you know things get closer to the deadline. Well, I never know. Like what, what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't say listening to different offers. They're exploring different possibilities. So, like, right? They're in, internally saying. Well, what if we did this? What if we did that? What mm-hmm. if we did this or that? Um, and that's right. like that's an important step before you even reach out to somebody or before you take a phone conversation um, exploring any sort of offers. And to like kind of float that news out there, um, like that's smart too because now you have you know probably at least five or six other GMs in the league calling you being like, all right, so like I, you know, I read the report, like what, what's it going to take? Um, and then you could take those four or five offers and be like, yeah, all right, this is the best one. Um, do we think this mm-hmm. is better than, you know, us having a, you know, whatever we think our percentage is at, at trading for Anthony Davis? Um, do we right. think we're going to get Kyrie or Kemba to pair with KD? That could be a big in- right. decision. So, um, but yeah, like I, I'm sorry. Continue. No, I agree. Uh, I think, but that's that's all I think it is. Though I think it's just them weighing uh, weighing the field and seeing what's out there and and, and seeing what what their options are going to be and, and probably putting it in place like this is A, B, C, and they're probably talking about the teams and going like, oh, what you know? They're looking, they're checking out what the interest is and how everything's going. And, for me, it's very much them just doing their due diligence, yeah, which, like you said, I think it's it's a good sign. That at least they're they're looking at different scenarios. Yeah, and I I think that's what you want your team to do. It's what you want your GM to do. Um, like, I honestly like, you know, you take a team like say Memphis, who like what, I don't know, fucking. 36 hours after the draft happened, like the report came out, oh, they're taking John Morant. And like, we've heard nothing to 
said the contrary since then. It's like, oh no, they're just, they're taking John Moran, and it's like, God, right. but shouldn't you maybe? Never I don't know. know, like explore well, what else you could so, maybe try to fucking get. There was rumblings recently about them loosening their grip on that pick, and maybe you know, like working. I think they're working out John R.J. Barrett, um, but. Yeah, apparently it was a lock, and then now it's a little, a little looser on it. And I'm not sure what it was. Maybe it's the surgery that he's having, uh, that he's having. Yeah, I heard about that. It, yeah. could, it could just, it could just be all talk, probably. You never know. Yeah, but like, I, I guess my, my point in saying that, I, I, I think I heard RJ was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to come work out for you, Memphis. Like, no thanks. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, nah, I mean, my, my, my point is that like keeping your options like vastly open. Um, that's, that's something that I really like that the Hawks do. Um, like it, it, you know, it's, there's, there's always kind of speculation swirling around it. Um, but you know, it's, it's a, it's good for fodder. It's good for talk. Um, and B it's good for your team. Like you should always keep your options open. Um, and you know, the fact that the Knicks seem to be doing that now, um, I don't know. I like it. I like it a lot. Juwan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, <clears throat> evaluate, you know, what you want to do or whatever. I mean, the last time we had a free agency um, like this with speculation that we could get someone, like we thought it might be LeBron, uh, we ended up with Stoudemire. And I think we ended up with Stoudemire because they didn't evaluate all options um, and different possibilities and stuff like that. So if you're telling me you're taking your time and you're, looking at the landscape, trying to see what works best, cool. I, I don't mind. And if we end up not having anyone, excuse me, because um, Durant doesn't come or whoever, and we end up with some Morris and guys like that that could just make us competitive, I, I'm fine with that. I just – I am sick of the Knicks sucking. So you do what you got to do so I don't have to continuously stop watching basketball every January. Um, so that's literally <laughs> all my mindset is just do what's best for the Knicks organization. I'm fine. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree with you. Um, and obviously a lot of that is dictated on free agency. Um, mm-hmm. but I also think, again, this, this kind of, to me, uh, you know, I, I guess I would, I would sort of liken it to, um, the the story we had earlier about you know Kawhi potentially buying a home there. If the Knicks are really exploring trading the number three pick, I, I feel like that is even more assurance that they know that KD is coming. Um, they may not know what all the other pieces how they're going to like fall, um, mm-hmm. but I don't think you do that unless you have some kind of um, like like Same. real confidence. Yeah, that, that that's going to happen. Um, so that, you know, again, um, to me, spells that, uh, you know, good things are on the horizon for uh, the Mecca. Um, so, hey, man, my fingers are crossed, dude. I know y'all been living in hell for a long fucking time. I want y'all to have a fucking winning basketball team. I really do. Um, I didn't I, I, I didn't want you to get Zion because I didn't want you to trade him, and I was afraid you were going to trade him. Um but like, mm-hmm. like now that you got number three, oh. like I don't care. Fuck, trade that pick. Like, get the fuck out of there. Like, <laughs> get, get, get. Like, Katie and AD, man, I fucking want it so bad for you. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. 
Um, all right, another interesting story. Uh, Rick Buecher is reporting uh, like five, six days ago now uh, that uh, Kyrie Irving has narrowed his decision down to the Lakers or the Nets. Um, I'm going to preface this with something about Rick Buecher that makes me not trust him. <laughs> I think it's, it's his face. Um, he's just got a non-trustworthy face, kind of like Rob Palinka's face. Um, and, uh, you know, um, I, I just take this with a grain of salt. Um, I know the Nets have kind of quote-unquote been the front-runner, um, you know, for, for like, you know, I think three weeks or so now. Um, so, like, that's no surprise. As far as the Lakers, um, it makes a lot of sense, like him teaming back up with LeBron. But I don't think he's going to go to the Lakers because one of the things that he hated about, like, playing with LeBron in Cleveland was, like, the shitstorm that came around with it. Um, and, like, there was more of a shitstorm than ever going on in L.A. right now. Um, and it may not necessarily be um, predominantly LeBron's fault, but like, you know, LeBron's agency and, you know, all of that shit is, is certainly in play. Um, getting the coach fired, all that shit. Um, I, if I were to say there were two teams in the running for Kyrie right now, I'd say the Nets or the Knicks. Um, I don't think the Lakers really have a great shot at getting him. Um, but, um, according to, uh, old Rick Buecher, um, it's, it's the Nets or the Lakers. Um, what are your thoughts on, on this report, uh, from Buecher and, um, you know, if it's true, um, Joel, are, are you like position, like kind of repositioning and saying, all right, well, like fucking Kimball Walker. Um, I mean, obviously that would make a fucking shit ton of sense as far as pairing him up with KD, um, Mm-hmm. As far as having, uh, you know, a guy from fucking Brooklyn, uh, I believe he's from Brooklyn or the Bronx. Maybe he's from the Bronx, um, but uh, he's yeah. from New York <laughs> somewhere. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, like, but yeah, we, I mean, would would that kind of be just like, like, all right, well, Kyrie don't want to come here. We'll fucking, you know, try to get Kimba. Um, but uh, you know, what what what's your thoughts on this in general? Um, I mean, all indications at the moment are that they are the front runner. Uh, even Stephen A. was saying it uh, that that's what he's hearing too. So, I mean, obviously things are fluid. Things can change. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was the Knicks. Who's the front runner? <laughs> the Knicks. Uh, the Nets. The Nets, right, right. Okay. Yeah, the Nets, the Nets. So, uh, as far as yeah. I know, I mean that that seems to be the odds-on favorite for uh, Kyrie at the moment. Uh. But, you know, who knows? Um, if he decides to go to Brooklyn, fuck him. <laughs> That's how I feel. That's how I feel right now. I swear to God, he will be my enemy as he already was in Boston. I was just being nice to the potential of him coming over. But if he chooses to go to Brooklyn, fuck him. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, the I idea like... of possibly getting – yeah, uh, possibly of getting Kemba – uh, we'll see. I mean, Charlotte has to not offer him that Supermax. And, you know, all indications are that I think they'll consider it. I'm not 100% confident they will. Um, but, you know, if they do, I don't see why he would leave. I think he's already said that he would stay if they did it. Um, 
But we'll see. Um, it's and, the, and it's, I'm it's open the Michael it. Jordan yeah. thing to do. To just be like, I don't... Fuck yeah, give him the Supermax. Dude, like, I gave Nicholas Batum a, a fucking, like, $120 million deal. Like, you think I'm worried yeah. about giving Kimba a $220 million deal? No, I ain't, I ain't yeah. worried about it. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Like, here's the thing, man. If I'm Kimba and the Knicks reach out and they're like, dude, we really want you to come here. Team up with Kevin Durant. Like, come win a championship in New York. Like, dude, and, and they're offering me a four-year max, like, all guaranteed. I... I yeah, you're turning down a lot of money, a lot of money, um, to to make that decision. But like, dude, like, do you really want to just be a blip on the radar as far as a player, um, in the NBA, or do you really want to fucking go like compete like on the highest level? Um, right. You know, and this is a guy who competed on the highest level in college, won a championship at UConn. Like, trying. You would have to think like some part of him would be like, man, like, I, I'm, it, regardless of what contract I sign, I'm gonna be set for life. I'm already set for life. Like, yeah, let's 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 give this thing a try. Um, I don't know. You know, obviously we we all kind of project our own, um, uh, I guess self interest on these guys and, and, and that's not necessarily fair. Um, but like if I was in his shoes, that is certainly what I would be thinking. I'd be thinking, fuck, team up with K B in the fucking Mecca, fucking have Spike Lee fucking cheering me mm-hmm. on every game. Like, dude, like ah, that would be so much better than playing out the rest of my fucking career in Charlotte. Just trying like desperately to make the fucking playoffs every year and like maybe we'll get knocked down in the first round, best case scenario. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh, you know, but I don't know what, you know, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, as far as Kyrie, um, I agree with you, man. It, it, if he, if he chooses the Nets, fuck him. <laughs> like, that's, you know, that's his choice. Uh, it's not a bad decision. Yeah. Um, the Nets, the Nets no, have a good no, young, young core. Um, not at all. so yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily blame him for that, but, the only the only thing that I find funny about it is that, um, like you said, they also have D'Angelo Russell, but mm-hmm. obviously Kyrie's an upgrade from that. Um, right. But like, I thought like the whole reason Kyrie was getting like miffed, like playing in Boston, was playing with a bunch of young dudes. Like, so now you're gonna go to Brooklyn and play with a bunch of young dudes. Like, at least yeah. if you go, if you were to team up with KD, it'd be you and KD, and like, like. The two of y'all on that team, like, you could basically be like, yo, we want some fucking, like, get us some fucking veterans. Like, the, those two voices would be enough to, like, sway management to, like, really put, like, an effort into, like, going out and getting veterans. Um, and trading any and every young piece that they could in order to do so. Um, so, like, I don't think you're going to have that much sway on the net. Like, if you go into the Nets and say, and, and you're two months in, and you're like, man, this motherfucker, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, thinks he's fucking tough shit. 
I went through this shit with Terry Rogier. Trade that motherfucker for like a veteran that I can fucking rely on. <laughs> like, fuck, they're gonna look at you and be like, uh, "You signed the contract, dude." Like, no, <laughs> like we're not doing that. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think there is a tinge of irony in there. Um, but Juwan, what do you think about Buker's report that um, that Kyrie is uh, nar- has narrowed his search down to the Nets and Lakers um, and that the Knicks are not on that list. It's funny with Rick Buecher because as much as I want to say, like, I don't really necessarily believe it. Rick Buecher was on Undisputed last week and was like, it's 95% like guaranteed Durant is, uh, is going to the Knicks. And I'm like, all right, well, if that's true, you assume that this is probably coming from somewhere of a bit of accuracy. Um, so I don't know. I've never heard of Rick Buecher till uh, Undisputed, so I'm like, I, I don't know how reputable, um, you know, sources and stuff like that are. I, I assume they have to be accurate. Um, I usually listen to guys like Chris Broussard and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, if it's true, then cool. But my biggest thing about guys like Kyrie, Damian Lillard, uh, Kimball Walker, to me, if you're saying you want to win, right? Like if you're in Kyrie's uh, position, you're saying you want to win. You're on a really good team that you, that you either can't find a way to make it work with them or they can't find a way to make it work with you. Um, Boston is still a great team. So you're leaving a good team to go build a good team, essentially. Because um, if you go to Brooklyn, that's what you're doing. If you go to L.A., that's, again, what you're doing because you would assume pieces like Lonzo got to go. Um, I don't know how much he's going to like the idea of Lonzo at point, him at two. Like, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, and if you come to the Knicks, you and Durant are there, but they still have to surround you with, with pieces. Um, so you're not going to a situation where everything is already built for you. You can win tomorrow. Um, so I don't know what guys like Kyrie want, but he's the most frustrating free agent I- I've ever remembered seeing. Um so, I mean, I, I share Joel's sentiments. If he wants to go to Brooklyn, fuck him. Like, we'll enjoy beating you eight times a Damn year, right. however many times they play. Um, and we'll take so, pride. We'll take so much joy in that. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't think he knows what he wants. So, anytime someone says, like, it's narrowed between that, you could have said Kyrie wanted to be a Nick a month ago, a week ago, two weeks ago. So, we don't know. So I'm not going to wreck my brain around it. He wants to be here, great. He doesn't, screw him. We're, we're going to beat him however many times we play him in a year. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 uh, I like the audacity of the statement. Um, but I do think you bring up a good point because if, if Kyrie was really just about winning, like that's all that he cared about, that's all that he wanted, um, then he would basically be like, I'll resign with, um, you guys, if you trade for Anthony Davis, and then you come back with you and Anthony Davis, uh, and then whatever pieces you have left over, I would assume there would be um, some very valuable pieces left over, uh, and you know you would you would go to work with that, um, and and know that you have a really good shot with um, you know yourself and and Anthony Davis being the the you know number one and number two option, however you want to, like, I, I would think Anthony Davis will be your number one option for the first three quarters. And then Kyrie will be your number one option, you know, late in the game. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, um, it doesn't appear that that's how it's going to break out. Um, so it doesn't appear that that's like what his main concern is. Uh, and so yeah, maybe that maybe that's it. Maybe like he just wants to like go play for the Nets. That's the that's the team he grew up rooting for. Um, so yeah, I mean well, maybe maybe that's all it is. Yeah, but that's you know it is what it is, man. Um, so, and, you know, maybe there's some kind of underlying stuff going on as far as like, you know, I always said that that whole video with, you know, the whole two max slaps video, like, you know, I know a lot of people were like, ah, he didn't say two max, he he definitely said two max slaps. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. And like, people are like, (laughs) I don't think. Kyrie would like really pay attention to salary cap of all. Like, just fucking kid me. Like, Kyrie would definitely pay attention to all that shit. Like, fuck you. Like, you, what are you trying to tell me? Like, Kyrie's stupid or, or, or Kyrie doesn't pay attention to shit? Like, no, he would totally pay attention to shit like that. Um, but like, KD's posture, his body language was like, bro, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really want to be talking about this. Like, I don't know. I don't. I we'll see what happens. Like. That was his body language to me, and it, and that was kind of the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think Katie wants to go team up with Kyrie in New York because, like, he, I think he sees, he's got this kind of view going on now where it's like, man, I get no credit for all the shit I've done with the Warriors. And if I go team up with Kyrie in New York, everyone's gonna be like, oh yeah, but you had to have Kyrie, even though like LeBron had to have Kyrie, but like. I think I think he really wants like he wants to like pull off the Dirk Nowitzki shit. Like he wants to be like the dude. Like he wants that challenge. He that the I think that's why he wants to go to New York. He was well one of the reasons, but like he that that's part of it though. Like he wants that fucking challenge. Um, and I'm I'm sure like my guess is the shift from the New York to the Nets whole thing. I'm sure he probably like I would speculate that he had a conversation with with Kyrie about it. It was just like, dude, look, like I I love you, bro, but like I need to like do this myself. Like I need to like I need to like prove it to everybody. And like if you're with me on this team, like it's just gonna like I I and I'm not going to be able to achieve what I want to achieve. Um and you know what? I, I'm. I would imagine Kyrie is like, no, I feel you, man. Like, I'll, you know, it's, it's all good. Um, but hey, just speculation. But it does seem like I mean, the kind of thing with the position that Katie's in that he would be like, dude, like I got to do this myself. Um, you know, they're good players, but like, you know, a Kimball Walker is not a Kyrie Irving. Everybody kind of agrees there. So like, if you get a Kimball Walker. Um, it's like, wow, like, like, you know, Kimba, man, like, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he maybe hit some big shots and like helped out along the way, but like, it's, it's not to the same degree as it would be viewed as like a Kyrie Irving. Yeah. And I'll say to the point that you made about Kimba Walker, I am curious, uh, what his, his motivations are. Um, you would assume it would be winning because you've just been losing for God knows how long. Um, I, I'm extremely curious because if the Knicks do come to you and they're like, hey, KD's coming, we can make a trade for Anthony Davis, 
We got you, KD, and Anthony Davis. You're going to say no to that? Like, come on. You know how much money you could get in being a Nick, being in New York City, playing winning basketball in New York City? You could make all that right. up that you think you're missing out on. So, to me, if he'd be if the, the hometown Knicks hero, man. Him, you know how many people exactly. walk into that city like, man, I knew Kemba Walker when he was fucking three years old, man. That motherfucker was born to play this game. A hundred percent. So to me, if the Knicks reach out to you and, and they sell you that and you turn it down, I'm assuming one or two things. I'm assuming, one, you call KD and he said, hell no, I'm not going to the Knicks. Or you're just all about <laughs> money, which is fine, but I don't ever want to hear Kemba Walker if he stays in Charlotte and continue to, to lose. I don't want you then saying, like, man, if management could just get me better talent. Like, no, 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 no. You right. don't get to complain about anything. You decided to stay here knowing how bad they've, they've uh, surrounded you, um, you know, with right. the lack of talent all these years. You decided Absolutely. to stay here. Same way Joel always tells me about Melo. He decided to, to stay in New York, so therefore he can't complain about the lack of help and stuff like that. Um, but to me, sure. it's just like if you choose money, you know what that means. It means you're probably not going to be doing too well. You're not just choosing you money. You're you're not just choosing money. Um, and I think this will go to Joel's point about mellow. You you you're choosing management. Like you know what you're getting into. You know what oh, right, right. your right. what your management has done in the past and it hasn't been great. Like if you're Kimba, they gave Batum a balloon contract in two thousand sixteen. Granted, when everybody was given those contracts. But you gave him that extra fifth year um, to, to to make sure you kept you know kept him. So instead of Batum being an expiring contract this off season, he's now got two more years. Um, you're also looking at at you know like a a less than desirable thirteen million dollars a year uh, for um, uh, Cody Zeller who can't ever fucking stay healthy um, and is not great even when he's on the court like he's a he's he's got he's a high average. IQ. he's a, he's he's yeah he's an average center like what would you pay an average center in today's nba joel five million dollars what's that yeah well, like something like guess, that you pay him all money was brooke lopez an average center and they signed him sure but like i yeah that's a good point but nevertheless, it, it that's the thing. Like, um, like you can find guys. Like, granted, you gotta find them. But like, you can find guys who will like you know better suit you than paying thirteen million dollars a year to you know yeah. a guy who's always hurt and is an average center. Um, mm-hmm. You know, then you got you know you traded for Biombo. You traded Dwight Howard, who would have been an expiring contract this year, which would have given you more cap space to fucking play with. You you, you traded him away. Um, you know, to take on, you know, a, essentially a backup center who I guess you thought could be your starting center um, who would maybe fill the gaps of when Zeller was hurt. I don't know what the logic was behind that, but I always thought that trade was stupid. Um, I thought the Hawks trading uh, Dwight Howard for um, uh, uh, Bellinelli and, and uh, uh, Plumlee was stupid because Plumlee had the extra year. Um, mm-hmm. And now, you know, we're, we're, we still have Plumlee on the books, um, whereas the Nets, who traded for Dwight Howard and then, like, basically cut him, uh, don't have that money on the books anymore. Um, so, yeah, like, you're, you're not only taking the money, you're taking the management. 
Um, and, you know, if you're cool with that, fine. But, yeah, no, I agree with you, Juan. Like, you can't bitch because um, you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, in, in the words of Tyrion, you've always known what she was, but you love uh, and you know, yeah. Hey, if you if you do, you do, and that's fine. But like, don't fucking kid yourself. You've always known what your what situation you were in. Um, but anyway, let's move on to our final topic. Uh, we we need to talk about um, you know, obviously uh, a a very quintessential piece to this Nets conversation. Um, there's a lot of suitors out there apparently for D'Angelo Russell. Um, the Nets obviously uh, have interest in bringing him back, assuming they don't get Kyrie. I would assume if they do, they would um, probably just kind of let him walk. Um, but if they uh, if they you know don't get Kyrie, I'm, I'm sure they would you know obviously want to re-sign him. Uh, other suitors include the Utah Jazz, the Indiana Pacers, uh, the Orlando Magic. And uh, fuck, there was one other that I can't remember. Um, I'm sure one of y'all can fill in the blanks here at some point. Uh, what are your thoughts on? Nah, it was Minnesota, and yeah. I forgot it because I don't give it any credence because they don't want the fucking cap space. And don't sell me this fucking line of bullshit. They're gonna fucking trade Andrew Williams for cap space. Ain't nobody taking Wiggins. Like fuck, fuck off. Um, <laughs> But uh, but no. So like, we can just like, <laughs> what's that? The Tarian Prince and the a pick. Oh yeah, <laughs> fuck that. that. I ain't even I ain't even entertaining it. I wouldn't trade Torian Prince. I dude, I wouldn't fucking trade Baysmore for uh for Wiggins straight up. Like that's gonna hamper your cap space for the next four seasons. Hell no. I ain't even fucking trying that, dude. Dude's had five years in the league to try and prove himself, and he ain't done shit. So, like, no. No. no not even no. Um, but, uh, anyway, um, getting away from that, uh, what are your thoughts on the D'Angelo Russell sweet station? Where do you think he fits best? Uh, Joel, I'll start with you. I wanted to say in Brooklyn, but no, fuck Brooklyn. They seem to be all good with their, I don't know. Kyrie and Tobias Harris pig, you know, maybe they're going to let him walk. No, who knows? I, I, I really don't know. D'Angelo Russell could fit. Uh, Indiana's not a bad spot. They can use a point guard upgrade. Um, uh, Timber, Timber, I get. I mean, I guess he's an upgrade over Jeff Teague. Uh, Jeff Teague is, I think he's still pretty decent. He's not great or anything. He's, he's been injury prone a lot lately. Um, sure. Who else was on that list? Um Orlando. Uh, the Mag- Magic's not a bad spot. They're up and coming. Uh, they can definitely use the upgrade at point guard. That's really all their biggest weakness, even though I like what DJ has been able to do the last two years. Um, oh, shit. Uh, the Jazz, they have uh, they have Fultz, yeah. They, uh, who knows what's going to happen with Fultz. Hopefully he can bounce back, but they do. They still have Fultz. Uh, they got uh, the Jazz on that list. Jazz, yeah. I mean, Jazz got Ricky Rubio and Rubio. I don't know how much they love him anymore. They could definitely use yeah, an upgrade. Yeah, he's expiring, he so he's he's uh, he's a free agent. So. Oh, is he? Okay, so there you go. So that's it. that's why he's on the radar. Um, all those all those spots would be perfect for him because they all they're all in need of point guard upgrades. 
Um, but apparently the Nets feel like they need an upgrade at point guard. So I, I feel a little upset. I don't know. That's just me. They already have two point guards. You want to get a third point guard? That just makes no sense. So logically. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my thought process on it. Um, I don't like him any in any of these places. Um, really? Maybe the Magic. Maybe the Magic. And that's that would be about it. If they let, like, Vucevic walk um, and Ooh. they're trying to, like, go with the youth movement, then I could see them signing him and, you know, essentially, you know, being like, you know, we don't know if Fultz is going to work, but if we if we sign Russell, we'll have a, a very competent, you know, point guard. We can try to try to utilize, uh, you know, G.J. Augustine's um, expiring contracts and the fact that he played so well for us this past season as a trade asset. Um, but uh, even that, I I just don't like D'Angelo Russell's game, man. I don't – I'm not a fan. I think he holds the ball too long. Um, he uh, he doesn't – he's not, like, an initiator. Um, he Like, he doesn't play defense. Um, I think he's going to get, like, a max or close to a max contract, and I just mm-hmm. wouldn't even want to pay him close to that. Like I, I just I I don't I don't think he holds any sort of value once you sign him to that contract. So it's like if you sign him to it, you know, he had a, really he had a great year. year. He did, um, but like he's just still got too many flaws in his game for me to want to like give him that. Like I said, he's not a good not a good passer. Um, he's an okay passer, but he's not like he's he's not he's not of the quality that you would want in a point guard. Um, he takes a lot of mid-range shots, and he, he's pretty efficient um, as it pertains to mid-range. Um, but, you know, that's not – it's not – in today's NBA, it's not ideally what you want. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't play defense at all. Like, I, I, I just can't get behind it. I don't think he makes any of those teams better. Like, I'd rather have Rubio – for a lot cheaper than I would D'Angelo Russell um, on a close to max deal. Um, I, I just not my guy. I don't like him. I, I actually really fucking prefer Spencer Dinwiddie <laughs> over him. Um, I think Dinwiddie like does Dinwiddie. all of. I really like Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he does all of the intangibles. Oh, like his attitude. I think he, no, he, should he be talking? I like. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, that's fair. But like, but nevertheless, like he shoots, he shoots better from three, um, more consistent. Uh, he uh, is is a better passer. Um, he's a better defender. Um, you know, he he's not a guy who's going to um, necessarily be your. Uh, he 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 doesn't create off the dribble like uh, Russell does. Like Russell, when you mm-hmm. put Russell in that pick and roll. And he can fucking pull up from like 17 feet. Like usually that shot's fucking money. Um, he's really good at that shot. Um, he kind of reminds me of Chris Paul as far as his mid-range game. Um, but he doesn't have all of those other intangibles that Chris Paul has: the defense, the passing. Uh, and you know, I just, I just don't. I'm not a big fan of him. I I just don't think he fits 
in today's NBA, I don't think he fits any team. I think he's going to get a big contract, and I think whoever signs him is going to immediately regret it. I'm really glad that my team has a point guard and is not in that sweepstakes because I would be terrified if they were. Um, But, again, hey, this goes back to when everyone was talking shit about the Lakers um, and everyone saying, oh, look at D'Angelo Russell. They traded D'Angelo Russell. I'm like, yeah, you know who they got in that deal? They got Kyle Kuzma. But give me Kyle Kuzma over D'Angelo Russell any fucking day of the week. Um, Yeah, I'd rather have that guy. despite, you know, Kuzma's deficiency from three-point range. Um, But, uh, but yeah, anyway, I I don't like any of the fits. Um, Orlando would be my my best, or if he stays with the Nets, because he's already, like, kind of well-ingrained and entrenched in how that team operates. Uh, But if you can get Kyrie, then obviously you go with that over Russell. Um, Because, like, even despite Kyrie's defensive – you know, deficiencies. I think he's still a better defender than D'Angelo Russell. Um, Russell's just really bad defensively. Um, and I think it's no surprise that the, that the Suns weren't mentioned on this, this list of teams. They're like, uh, yeah, they like, uh, you, you, you want to try to put high volume uh, backcourt guys together who don't play any defense. Like, yeah, we've seen that play out, uh, best-case scenario play out in Portland, and it didn't work out. So, um, like, yeah, we'll we'll pass on that. Um, and hopefully they don't enter those sweepstakes because that would be terrible for them. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, Juwan, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, do, do you think I'm crazy here in, in thinking that D'Angelo Russell is, is somewhat of an overvalued um, player? Um, and it's just coming off a really good season, contract year, um, and whatever team signs them to whatever contract is going to regret it after uh, they sign him to it? <clears throat> That's a tricky question for me because um, I kind of feel like if he can rebound this season, uh, the season he just had with another season, um, similar to it, maybe not exactly, but similar to it, uh, wherever he goes, um, then it kind of seems more like that's just who he is. Like, he is a good scorer, um, maybe not the best three-point shooter specifically, but he can score the ball. Um, and that's still valued. Like, that will always be valued. Um, maybe he doesn't do it at a high enough clip to where it's, like, efficient, um, but if fourth quarter comes and he's nailing shots for you, it, it's going to be valued. And, honestly, the Magic need that desperately. Um, if that is truly who D'Angelo Russell is going to become, um, and sure. you just got a glimpse of it this year. Um, but if he falls back to the, the guy that, you know, the Lakers kind of looked at and went, yeah, no, no, thank you, um, then sure, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've seen plenty of overvalued point guards. That, to me, that's one of the biggest positions besides center that sometimes gets very overvalued. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I am willing to give him a chance. I love the whole gimmick of ice in my veins. I, I thought that was like super hilarious, and I'm like, if he could be good and be that 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 kind of like shit talker, I, I'd love the Angela Russell. Um, but I will say, as far as the the list, um, I don't think I like him with Oladipo or Donovan Mitchell. No, um, I, I don't no. Think he'll, you want them to I don't have the ball more. Right, right. And even if even if they didn't have the ball more, I would accept it if D'Angelo Russell was the kind of player that made 
um, other players better. And I'm not right. saying that as a like knock. Alonzo. I'm just saying it as um, he is a guy who values shooting the ball. And it's like I right. kind of want Oladipo to do that. I don't need you to do that too. Um, so if I'm Pacers, I'm looking for a floor general to go, mainly a veteran floor general to go alongside Oladipo. Um, same thing for Jazz. If I'm Magic, scoring is kind of what I need more of. And D'Angelo Russell can give that to you. And if you're in the Nets, um, I think if you're the Nets and you're even thinking about re-signing him, it means you know down deep down inside you're not getting Kyrie because there's just no way right. you play both of them at the same time. So if you if we do hear that the Nets offer him a deal, um, that that means they know Kyrie's down there. not we, going there. Yeah, we're not in the Kyrie sweepstakes like that. That's BS. Right. Um, yeah. In the wolves, the Timberwolves. Uh, why? 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 Just why? <laughs> because they want a younger Derrick Rose, bruh. <laughs> no, no, stop it, stop it, stop it. Um, you were saying your your efficiency issues you have with um with D'Angelo Russell. I don't need you to team that Andrew Wiggins uh, <laughs> ability to well, not they be w- consistent shooting the ball. Yeah, they would. They would have to move Wiggins in order to make the cap space to 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 sign him to begin with. Oh, um, but yeah, I'll tell you if, this. if let's say this, let's say if mm-hmm. they use the number eleven pick to move, say Gorgie Jang, and, and maybe like a, another piece that allows them to keep Wiggins or whatever it would be. Like God, could you imagine like D'Angelo Russell and Wiggins competing to shoot like. 15, 16 shots a game each, and, like, Carl Anthony Towns just being, like, there with, like, 11 shots a game, being like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, dude, I'm the best player on this fucking team, and I'm not getting shit for shots. <laughs> yeah, I would feel I would feel very bad for Minnesota as an organization because um, Silver would have no choice but to reduce their games that are that are televised. Like, who wants to watch that? <laughs> no one wants to watch that. Nobody. Um, but, yeah, I, I'll say this. Nets Magic, the only two places I, I want to see D'Angelo Russell end up because um, they make the most sense. Everywhere else that they had in that list is just why, especially Pacers and Jazz. You have two ball-dominant guards um, in Mitchell and in, in, uh, Oladipo, and then you want to bring in another ball dominant yeah. guard? Like, no, get a veteran that could that could be your floor general and put your two top tier guards in the the perfect places to um to grow success from. And it's just like D'Angelo right. Russell's not that guy. Yeah, it's no coincidence that both of those teams have been linked to uh, Mike Conley traits because that's the exact type of guy that you want. <laughs> Um, like you're saying, you want a floor general who's going to, you know, um, be reliable, going to be able to hit the right, uh, hit the right spots, pass the ball where it needs to go. Um, we'll, we'll take, take shots when need be, but, you know, isn't, isn't trying to, you know, essentially play the game to get up their shots. Um, yeah, like, uh, I a hundred percent agree with you. That's, uh, um, exactly my assessment of, of both of those teams and really pretty much any team. Like, um, I, I think we both agree that with the magic, it, 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 you could see some path to where it makes sense. 
Um, but like, even if I'm the magic, like I, like, I, I don't want to tie up money in, uh, uh, um, I'm sorry, Vucevic, but I, I also don't want to tie up money in Russell. Like, I, I just, I'd rather just see what happens with Fultz. And I, I mean, I think they should have just maybe tried to trade Vucevic at the end, end of last season, um, you know, or maybe even, I don't know, um, earlier in the season when he got off to his really hot start. Um, but, they, you know, they obviously wanted to make the playoffs, and that was something that uh, was really important to their franchise, and they were able to achieve that um, and even win a game. So, you know, um, I guess I can understand that. Um, but, yeah, nevertheless, I uh, not not a big fan of uh, old D-Russ. Um, I, uh, I, I just don't, I don't see where he fits. I think he's your classic case of a good player, bad team. Um, uh, and, you know, we'll see if that changes. Um, I don't know if y'all watched it as closely as I did. Um, obviously because the Sixers were playing on my, I watched every game. Um, but like in that series, Karis LeVert was the obvious best player, um, for the Nets, um, without question. Like, he was the Nets' best player. Um, and, like, that's the guy to me that you should be looking to build around. Um, like, so if you can get Kyrie Irving to pair up with Karis LeVert uh, and then try to build out the rest of that roster, um, like, that is definitely the direction I would go. Um, I would obviously want to retain D'Angelo Russell if I wasn't going to get Kyrie Irving just for the trade value. But if I had to pay him a max contract, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I just, I, I think that would, I think that'd be much bigger of a risk than, um, than is warranted. Honestly, um, I'd be very worried about where I could potentially move him. Um, but Hey, you know, the fact that all of these various teams have interest, maybe that uh, maybe that does help your case out for for you know making that argument for yourself, um, and you know maybe come next year when the free agent market is so unsaturated, um, and you're basically looking at AD, Draymond, and a you know bunch of role players or scrubs. Um, maybe teams will be more inclined to trade for a guy like D'Angelo Russell. So I guess you could talk yourself into it like that, but I'd be very trepidatious about it. Um, but, uh, but we're going to leave it there. Um, great show, fellas. Uh, a pleasure as always. Uh, Juwan, what we got coming down the pipe this week, man? I know, I know we got uh, a lot of cool shit happening. Um, obviously, uh, I'll preface that with we have geek, but, uh, excuse me, Wrestling Geeks Alliance uh, is going to uh, be moved to Thursday this week, Thursday at 7 o'clock. Uh, so be sure to tune into that. Um, Juwan, what else we got? We also, I just had an interview with Maria Stinn from uh, Swamp Thing. Amazing interview. Tia has two interviews mm-hmm. coming up from cast members from X-Men Dark Phoenix. We also have um, Top mm. 10 and, like you said, Geek Vibes Live. So stay tuned for, for all that coming up. Yeah, man. going to be great. Uh, as always, check out GVNation.com for all the latest updates with uh, all of your uh, entertainment needs. Uh, we got 
tons of articles from our amazing writers on there, so be sure to check that out. Um, I'll have my big board coming out very, very soon. Been hard at work on it for several weeks now, uh, post-combine things and all of that, um, so be sure to check that out as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming your way. Uh, very exciting time. NBA Finals, draft coming up. Uh, it's going to be uh, – I'm pumped, man. It's going to be so much fun uh, to see how it all plays out. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I don't I don't throw a hissy fit like I did last year uh, <laughs> during the draft. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's, that's yet to be determined. We will see. Uh, no promises, but, uh, right? <laughs> yeah, no promises. Hey man, if we if we trade eight and ten out for three, I'm gonna throw a hissy fit. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be totally mad about it. Um, it it'll be the opposite of why I was mad last year, as far as like movement. Uh, but uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, thank you all for joining us tonight, and we will see you uh, next week. Until then, peace, peace, peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.